CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, we're live at the NASDAQ in Times Square. The guys here getting ready for a big show. In the meantime, here's what's coming up. The Nasdaq just notched an historic winning streak. And Dan Nathan has a way to make money if the group goes up, down, or nowhere at all. And he'll show you how to do it. Plus, craft shares are getting killed. But if you think the sell-off is overdone, Mike has a crafty way to make some of your money back. And a flood of retailers are reporting earnings next week. But Dan and Carter say the mall madness could turn into mall mayhem. They'll break it down. It's time to risk less and make more. The action begins now. And we start with mall madness as we head into a very busy week of retail earnings. Names like Home Depot, Macy's, Lowe's, Nordstrom, and Foot Locker all hanging on the rack to report. And with the XRT retail ETF underperforming the market this year, how should you play the group heading into these results? Let's get straight to the chart master at the plasma. Carter, break it down. All right, so retail is a big old mess. Uh, we know that in so many different ways, but most, of course, is just the poor performance. Uh, a great way to sort of track uh, the group is the XRT. It's an equal weight ETF. It's 95 stocks, almost $2 trillion. So you've got great ones like Amazon and Home Depot, but you've also got Tiffany's and Lowe's. You've got um, major box players like Macy's and Target, and you've got little things like Foot Locker and um, so forth and so on. Here is the chart. It, um, well, doesn't say much, but if you put in some lines, it does. And one thing you can do is put in the line this way. And what you see is a well-defined downtrend. And it has failed here repeatedly over and over and over. And what's to say that it's going to bust through? Well, some would make that bet. I'm not going to make that bet. I'm going to make the bet that it's going to fail yet again. Let's look at this same chart and talk about relative performance because this is the real, the real problem. Here's the exact same chart. And as it's ascending over the past month and backing and filling, you're almost making new 52-week relative lows. So money committed here is underperforming other things that one could have done with one's money, the definition of no alpha. Now, if I pull this back even further, um, same circumstance, right? And the issue is, are we going to undercut that low? And I think that's what's coming on a relative basis, regardless of what happens here on top. Now, if I pull it back, not just two years, but five, six, this is the real nightmare. We've had a very bullish market, 1915, 2015, 16, 17, 18, and what's happened? This thing has been underperforming the entire uh, past five years. And not only has it been underperforming, it has tracked this line, repeatedly failing, repeatedly, 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 and it hit here just again. I mean, there's nothing here. It's just been bad, and it's recently underperforming. It was underperforming the market today. Don't like it. I want to be short XRT. And end with this. Walmart had a great number. It's given the whole game back after that initial pop. All right. Well, we're going to do something different tonight. Dan and Carter are doing a rare tag team. So 
Dan, what's the trade? Yeah, so I think the last thing that he just said is the thing that got me looking at the space earlier in the week. Walmart's gap, its reaction, 4% higher following those results that were perceived to be better than expected on a lot of different points. And the stock, when it was trading at about 105 on Monday or Tuesday, I can't remember what day it was, um, was trading within 2% of the all-time highs from the fall. And then it just gave it all back. And then look at that. That's the, ch- uh, the chart for the week. And it just can't get out of its own way. And then you look at the XRT, like Carter said, equal weighted. And you say to yourself, it's right at that downtrend. So to me, when you think about we're going to get Lowe's, we're going to get Target, we're going to get Home Depot, we're going to get TJ Maxx, we're going to get a lot over the next couple of weeks. I think this sets up as a really good trade to the downside, maybe to the low 40s. And I would use the XRT. So today, when the XRT was trading about 45, I'd look out to April expiration and I would buy the 45-41 put spread, paying $1 for that, buying one of the April 45 puts for $1.35, selling one of the April 41 puts at 35 cents. That breaks even down at 44 bucks. Um, that's down about 3%, and you can make up to $3 between 44 and 41 And I like the range. I'm looking to April because I know we're going to get a lot of earnings in March, but I also think the markets come a long ways. And if we are going to pull back a little bit and give back some of that in the broad market, I think you want to pick on the losers or the relatively weaker sectors, and this is one of them. So we have nearly two months for this thing to play out. Mike? Yeah, I mean, you kind of hit on it right away when you said the equal weighted index. There's a couple ETFs that try to track the retail space. RTH is the other one, which is not equal weighted. And the critical thing about that is that what you end up seeing is that they tend to be predominantly the winners in the space, things like Amazon and so on. This also happens to capture some other interesting groups, which I think could see some pressure, which you might not be thinking of right away, like car dealers, for example. Penske, we're seeing, you know, rising auto delinquencies. I think that's certainly a problem. And we also see a lot of fairly leveraged businesses in here. And that's one of the reasons why implied volatility, the price of options on this ETF, have risen over time. So I think if you're inclined to make a bearish bet, and I understand the reason why you guys are inclined to do that, uh, a put spread certainly makes a lot of sense. I think it's the way right, And again, let's maybe just end where we started. The fact that Walmart could put up a number that was so well received, a low beta stock, about a 0.7 in the Dow, and to give it all back, ultimately, let's say the numbers are good from the people who report next week. Are they really just going to take off and go to the races? I don't yeah. think so. so. So I think that, that you can broaden the uh, conversation out a little bit. So you saw AutoNation down today. You talked about the Penske file. Uh, that's old school. Um, you know, we're going to get Toll Brothers next week. We're going to get Home Depot. We're going to get lots of reads on the U.S. consumer here. We're going to get lots of reads on some of the really important things, um, you know, that, that kind of fend its, uh, work its way into the kind of macro conversation. So to me, I think the XRT to the short side is the best way to kind of play that if you're somewhat downbeat as we head into Q2. All right. From a potential retail wreck to a stock that is getting whacked. Shares of Kraft Heinz crashing more than 27 percent for its worst day ever as the company slashed its dividend revealed an SEC investigation, the move sparking a flurry of activity in the options market, crafting more than 10 times its average daily volume, making it the single most active stock of the day. So if you own the stock or think it could be due for a bounce, how should you play catch up? Yes. Couldn't resist, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so the options activity, let's start with that. I think that was very interesting because this is not typically a name that we'd see topping the board in terms of options activity. First of all, it's a much smaller company. And secondly, these types of staple stocks are not the area where people are usually expecting to see big violent moves. Those are the types of places where people who use options often like to play. So I certainly thought that was very interesting. Another interesting thing about this company, which I think is important to remember, is that about half of it is owned by two big shareholders, Berkshire Hathaway and 3G holdings. So when you look at the two of them, you know, it's going to be very interesting. The kinds of movements that we're seeing here, I think, are institutionally propelled. Now, if you compare the valuation of 
Kraft Heinz to other stocks, like Unilever, for example, which was down a bit today, but not as much as some of the U.S. staple stocks were. It looks incredibly cheap. The thing is, though, they have really struggled to figure out their business. I mean, they really haven't done a very good job of managing it at all. So you're looking at the stock and you're thinking, do I want to get in here? If you own it, do you want to buy more? It's trading at 11 times forward earnings. My answer to that would be, I wouldn't actually go out and buy additional stock here. For one thing, these types of declines often take a few days to work out. And like I said, there's big institutional holders. If one of them decides to blow out their position, there could be significant further weakness. So I think one thing you could take a look at, though, if you own the stock or if you're thinking about buying a little bit of it here to boost your gains, if it gets a recovery, would be to do a one by two call spread over a long equity position. The idea here is that the stock is unlikely to recover to the price where it's just fell. Look, we have a lot of news out here. The SEC, obviously, that, that's a, an issue. We have them restating materially. And you know we have disappointing earnings. I was looking specifically at the April 37.5, 41 by 2 call spread. At the time, you could buy the 37.5 calls for $1 and then sell two of the 40s against it for 50 cents. So net-net, you're spending nothing. And the idea here is that if you own the stock, you're essentially going to double your returns from 37 and a half up to 40 bucks. Above that, your profits are gonna be capped. But you know, if you think about it, that's essentially gonna be selling your long stock out at 42 and a half. And if you own it right now at 34 and a half, I think you'd be pretty happy to do that. If you had a chance to get out of your position at 42 and a half bucks with the trading 34 and a half right now within 60 days, I think you would certainly take the money and run on that. How do you interpret well, this? Well, right, there is no, I mean, there's nothing to interpret, right? You have a, effectively a, a, a permanent reset, right, to drop like that. Also, it's not a sort of a natural circumstance when you have two players effectively controlling 50% of the float, um, 600 million shares combined. Uh, they can't really get out, right, it, it, unless they did a lot of it today um, at 134 million shares. So it's, when I say permanent, meaning you, you just don't recover from this in a weekly basis, a monthly basis, it's just you, if you have it, you get out and move on to something else. You know, my guess is they're not going to knee jerk it, though, and you're not going to see Berkshire blow their positions no. out in a single day. So whatever they're going to do, I think they're probably digesting that. There are other things they could do. Well, they could try to tender for the rest well, of the here, company. Well, here's a little tell. Uh, Warren Buffett's going to be on Squawk Box Monday morning. And if yeah, he doesn't three say hours, anything, if he, For three hours. For three hours. If he doesn't say anything <laughs> about Kraft, which he was actually very tight-lipped about Wells Fargo uh, when they had a lot of their issues. He stood and, by them, actually. Okay, but uh, so, but, but wasn't saying a whole heck of a lot right. about the situation because understanding if he's trading around the position he's going to be very careful about what he's saying uh, you know it's going to be a tell monday morning if he comes out really effusive about the situation and defensive then you probably want to buy the stock monday morning i just want to say one thing about the trade idea i do really like it you got to think about the mechanics here if you're along 100 shares and you buy one of those 37 and a half calls and then you're selling two of the 40 calls you basically have a levered overwrite for all intents and purposes like mike said you're capping your gains at 40 be from 35 to 40. But now you have this extra call spread, this 37 and a half 40, that you paid nothing for. So if the stock was at 40, you'd be effectively uh, selling it at 42 and a half. I like the idea here. Um, and you're going to probably, with option prices as high as they are after such a good move, this is exactly the sort of strategy you want to be using. Yeah, this is the type of strategy you want to employ when you see these types of moves because implied volatility rises. Often in stocks like this that don't move a lot, it's very hard to get that thing off or even. So it's not a strategy you would normally get to employ. But because we've had this big move, you have this opportunity. All right. For everything Options Action, check out our website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. And while you're there, sign up for our newsletter. Rumor has it this week's edition reveals the Oscar winner for Best Picture. So what are you waiting for? Here's what's coming up next. 
MAGA, MAGA, MAGA stocks. Dan's MAGA trade has made the NASDAQ great again. But if you're worried the run might be over, he's got a way to protect yourself. Plus, calling all options action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at options action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Options Action. Investors have reason to celebrate as the Nasdaq makes history. The tech-heavy index rallying for nine straight weeks, seeing its longest weekly winning streak to start a year ever. It is now up more than 13% this year, trading around 7% off its high. So how should you play it right now? Dan is over at the Plaza with a very special call to action. Dan. Yeah, so, you know, the NASDAQ to me is at a really crucial point here. And a large part of that has to do with the fact it's MAGA. It really is. It's Microsoft, it's Apple, it's Google, and it's Amazon. They make such a huge percentage of the NASDAQ. But most importantly, the NASDAQ 100, the QQQ that tracks the NASDAQ 100, it's about 37% of the weight are those four stocks. And I think what's really interesting here is that, you know, the NDX, the NASDAQ 100, is up about 11% on the year. That's in line with the S&P 500. We haven't seen that a whole heck of a lot. The S&P 500 has really, because those four stocks are a much smaller weight in there, they have less of an impact. Usually the NASDAQ um, has been outperforming. One of the reasons why is because of that weight here and because those stocks haven't really gone anywhere. I just want you to look at this chart right here. This is a one-year chart of the QQQ versus the QQQE, which is the equal weighted NASDAQ 100. And look at this gap right here. You see that that the QQQ is up about 11% on the year. The QQQE, the equal weight, is up about 15%. So we're seeing something that's pretty positive. We're seeing a lot of um, stocks in the QQQ act really well, just not the biggest ones right there. So that could be, obviously, um, a bit of a curse um, if things were to change one bit. But one of the main reasons here is that we've seen Three of these names stall a little bit, okay? Apple, Alphabet, and Amazon, they're still considerably down from their 52-week and all-time highs. Microsoft is acting pretty well here. It's only down about 5% from those highs, but they're having an adverse effect on the market uh, cap-weighted QQQ here. I think it's really important to look at this chart. Look at this high. This was December 3rd. This was right after that G20 meeting. Look where we are right here. We've been consolidating over the last week. This is the QQQ. It looks like a pretty interesting resistance level here. And then I just want to kind of go to the price of options in the QQQ. This is implied volatility, 30-day at the money. It's about 15.5%. That's well below the one-year average, just over 20%. So this consolidation of late and just the lack of movement in general from some of the bigger components is causing options prices to get pretty cheap in a, in a market that's kind of been melting up broader speaking in the S&P 500. So the question here is what do you do with this thing? We're at a big resistance level. Option prices are pretty cheap. The biggest components aren't really participating right now. And one of the things that I like to think about is maybe there's an opportunity where if those MAGA did start participating and did break out the QQQ, maybe you get a big move up. But by the same token, if they were to stall and portend worst times for the NASDAQ, then maybe we could see them lead us much lower. With option prices as cheap as they are, sometimes it makes sense to buy a straddle. Let's talk about this. This is basically how we price out an implied move with short-dated options. We would take the 
at the money straddle. That's the put and the call of the same strike and the same expiration. We would add up that premium of those two and we'd get a price. And then we would divide by the ETF or the stock price. That will give you the implied movement over a period of time. That is what the straddle is. If you want to buy the implied movement in an underlying because you think it's going to move a lot during a period of time, but you don't know which way, this is one way to do it. And you might do that at a time when option prices are cheap and the stock is at an important technical level. So let's look at the QQQ. Let's just say you thought between now and April expiration, this thing's going to move a lot one way or another, you would basically look out to April expiration and you'd base, or excuse me, this is March expiration and you look at the March 173 straddle. That's the March 173 call price plus the March 173 put price. They're each offered at $2.50. The straddle costs you $5. That's the implied movement between now and March. That's about 3% of the stock price. I think it's a pretty good bet that that thing, the QQQ, between now and March 15th is going to move uh, 3% in either direction. So if you bought that, you would need a move up to 178 or a move below 168 to make money between now and March 15th. That would be in buying the implied move in the QQQ. That would be buying the at the money straddle here. To me, listen, if you're one of those people who just want to play the volatility, you see a lot of catalysts. We know there's a lot of macro headlines going on. We know that the biggest components have stalled. Maybe you think they're going to break out. Maybe you think they're going to roll over. This is one way to play it. Mike? Yeah, you know, I mean, I- I hear what you're saying, and options are definitely cheap. I mean, personally, I don't usually advocate buying straddles because you do need the market to move a decent amount for it to actually become profitable. You take a look at a similar period of time. We've seen the queues move a little less than 3% over a similar time frame ending today. So my question to you, though, is that you know big constituents of this index are broadly held stocks, your MAGA names, for example. So if you already own those stocks, would you advocate just simply buying that put instead? Because then synthetically, you're basically in that straddle anyway. Mike, it's a great point. So we talk about this all the time, the implied move, and we get questions from viewers all the time. How do you figure it out? We just told you how to figure it out. If you said to me, oh, I think that straddle looks kind of cheap, but I'm bullish, then just buy the call because the call is 250. The call is one and a half percent of the stock price. That's pretty cheap to make a three-week bet on the QQQ, or the flip side is obviously doing it in the put. Really, this is for educational purposes to explain how you do it. I would say this. Let's just say you bought the straddle and you had a quick move up to 177 or something like that. You could actually sell a higher strike call against the call that you own. You still own the put. The put's lost value. The call's appreciated. But one way you could lock in that trade would be turning that call one into a call spread. I mean, so... The circumstance that's going on in the NASDAQ, of course, is going on in in another index, right? And it's the oldest and most important index there is. Nine weeks up in a row, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, which has history as opposed to the NASDAQ 1970, goes back to 1896. And that has only happened 15 other times in the history of the Dow, an incident rate of 0.25%. And what happens thereafter... Uh, fairly reliably, is that there is a giveback of some kind. Now, in terms of these super cap names that drive so much of the performance, they're all underperforming week over week over week. In fact, relative performance of the top five stocks, which would be these four plus Facebook, is almost at a new six-month low compared to the S&P. Google was down this week, Facebook was down this week, and Microsoft and the others all underperforming. The whole thing hinges on these and a few other names. The market really We'll have to have them participate in order to press on much higher. All right. Coming up, NVIDIA up nearly 16% just this month. One of the traders says it's got more room to run. They will break it down. We're live at the NASDAQ in Times Square. Much more options action still ahead. 
CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Options Action. Time to take a look back at a couple of our open trades. Now, two weeks ago, Mike said NVIDIA could rip on earnings. This is the level that I'm talking about right down here. Basically hit a bottom, I think it was about 131 bucks. So that's basically the level we're thinking. We want to give ourselves some cushion in the event that it goes back to that level. So how do we put this trade on? I was looking at the March 130, 150, 165 call spread risk reversals. The stock is up around 8% since then. So, Mike, what are you doing? Yeah, we spent 55 cents on this structure. You could probably sell it today for a little over 8 bucks. That's actually what we recommended on Twitter because after we saw that initial pop, we haven't seen much since. Yeah, Carter, I mean, it's popped, and I think you probably take the money, move on. Uh, Down on the week, you know, uninspiring. Yeah, the most important part of the trade management, in my opinion, would be to cover that put, the short put to the downside. Not that there's maybe too many gaps between now and when that expiration happens, but this thing consolidating down between 135 and 160, to me, I like the idea of waiting it out and try to play for a gap. So I would maybe roll that view out a few months because the gap is up near, what, 200 or so. And if there's any good news in this thing, it's going to be back towards there. All right. Up next, your tweets and the final call. Time for the final call, Carter. I think retailers will continue to struggle. I'd like to be short XRT. Mike. If you're long craft, one by two call spreads. Dan. Yeah, so on that QQQ, we really went all over the trade there. Um, listen, if you're really bullish, buy that the money call. You're bearish, buy that the money put. All right, that does it for us here on Options Action. Check, uh, catch us back here next Friday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Meantime, Mad Money with Jim Cramer starts right now. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.